Why, hello! Welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. This is the Great Date Guy podcast, and today, welcome back to the season of wealth. So, first things first, what really matters and what doesn't when you're beginning to accrue wealth? What's the single most important thing to do or avoid when it comes to building your financial legacy? And what holds most people back from living the lifestyle of their dreams? Okay, so I'm going to lead off with like why I'm qualified to answer these questions at all. And for most of my adult life, I've been in a position where I haven't needed to actually work. Uh, Working is just something that I do for fun because without it, life feels a little bit more empty and purposeless. One thing that I know for sure is that if you were to drop me off uh, randomly in whatever country you wanted to, as long as I could speak the language, um, and even, even if I couldn't, I'm certain that I'd be able to run a successful business just using my cell phone and the clothes on my back. I'd be able to make that work with zero resources otherwise. Now, the, busy, the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to money, at least in my opinion, and this is a mistake that I've made numerous times, is that there's oftentimes this goal to accumulate wealth as a means to get someplace, as a means to get access to something. And a really quick exercise that you can do to begin to examine what beliefs you have in that area is if you were to take your bank account and add like $5,000 and then multiply it by 10 what would become available? How would you feel? <laughs> and for most people, uh, there's this idea that like, oh man, like, okay, well, I would be able to, I'd be able to, get, I'd be free. I would be able to do what I wanted to. Finally, I'd finally be able to do what I wanted to. When the simple reality exists that money is oftentimes just an excuse not to do those things because it feels too risky. It's too big of a gamble. And I just need more money before I can do that. And even even I find myself doing this from time to time. Like there's this thought in my head, well, I just need to earn a little bit more income from my coaching business. And then I'm going to buy a house. I already have enough money to buy a house. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't need to be waiting on this. Um, but there's still that fear there's still that thought in the background. And it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It really doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. This kind of mental patterning continues. So for instance, uh, I was recently watching some YouTube videos about folks that are crazy wealthy, uh, making absurd amounts of money, like $100,000 a month, right? Way more than I'm making. And they ran into the same freaking issue where at a certain point they're talking about how, you know, $5,000 a month is pretty good. That's like salary replacement. $10,000 a month is awesome. And then you get up to $20,000 a month. And it's like, this is more money than you could conceivably use. Like this is more money than most people would be able to spend in a year, right? Unless you're out buying Lambos or whatever, this is more money than most people will ever need. But they were saying that like at that point, if you stop, there's this emptiness that hits, like this depression that strikes because all of a sudden the purpose and meaning is gone, right? I don't have a game to play. And if I stay here for too long, I'm going to feel really, really bad. So even though these people are crazily financially successful, 
money still becomes a source of pain. Surprise, I am interrupting myself with myself. <laughs> so if you're getting something out of this podcast, if you're getting some value out of it, I'm going to request that you share this with someone that you know. I'm going to request that you give this a rating, subscribe to it, join us, uh, whatever that your platform allows you to do. Take a second to interact with this. It would mean a lot for me and really help us grow. All right, back to the content. So we begin to see that money is is something that we we believe will fix things, right? And for some of us, we believe that it'll fix our sadness. For some of us, it'll fix the situation that we're stuck in, right? We won't have to feel so bad. When the simple reality is that money is a convenient scapegoat for a lot of the stuff that happens up inside of my own head, right? If I just had more cash, I wouldn't be so sad or depressed, you know? I would have an easier time just in life. I'd be able to travel as much as I want. But the reality is I have enough money for all of those things. And what's actually holding me back is a fear of doing those things because I would have to solo travel and do all that planning by myself. And it'd be really stressful. And what happens if I get kidnapped? You know, all of these things run through my head. And those are the real reason why I'm held back in life, right? Why I'm not as happy as I think that I should be which in of itself is its own unique pattern. Now, is there a procedure? Is there value in getting to a place where you don't have to worry about money again? Hell yeah. Yeah, it's totally worthwhile. Being in a place of survival and just trying to scrape things together to make it to the next month is never an enviable position to be in. And of course, we'll be talking about how to get out of that trap as well. But first things first, recognize that money is not the panacea that our culture makes it out to be. Um, there was definitely a period in my life where um, objectively on paper, I was doing very, very well. Um, I had just quit a job working as a consult to Fortune 500 companies like Amgen, right? Like Disney, Hulu, ESPN, uh, just household brands. Like you hear about them all the time. And I, I worked with probably 30 of those brands. Um, I quit that job in LA and moved out to work with someone that I idolized, right? Like a hero of mine when I was growing up. And in so doing, you know, I had a lot of money in the bank and still somehow I managed to get to a point where I was suicidally depressed, where, uh, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I didn't have the motivation to even leave my bed. I would just doom scroll on my phone. Before doom scrolling was even a term. So <laughs> I, am, I am the OG doom scroller. Uh, and some days I wouldn't even shower, right? I couldn't be bothered because what was the point? Some days I didn't even eat. You know, on occasion I could motivate myself to get up and maybe cook myself something. But for the most part, the only reason why I left bed was to take care of my cats. So begin to understand that money is not actually an answer here. It's really good. It's totally valuable if you want to get out of that fight or flight situation where you're just trying to make ends meet. But beyond that, it is not a solution. Um, I was working with someone who wanted to come on board as a client for wealth generation. And as we began to dive into it, he was working like nonstop. He had his nine to five job and then he had a startup that he was working on and then he would crash and go to bed, right? And it came to pass that we're, 
we started talking about why, why do you want to do this? Why is this important to you? And he was like, well, you know, I want to have a lot of free time so I can learn a few hobbies. And then when I have like kids, I'll be able to pass it on to them. Completely missing the fact that the lifestyle that he created in pursuit of this was barring him from the possibility of any of those things. When you're busy with a startup, when you're busy with just just trying to make your business work, right? Just trying to survive. When you're busy trying to make more money, there is no time to meet someone, right? And keep in mind, this guy was in his late 30s, right? So you're already running out of time. Keep in mind that this guy ultimately wanted to be able to have kids, ultimately wanted to be able to have free time in order to learn different things and was self-sabotaging himself by using money as an access to those things. He could have literally just done that. He could have scaled back the way that he was taking on his business. He could have done any number of things to create the reality that he wanted here and now. But money became a reason to defer that. And oftentimes, I think that's where we get stuck. It's that idea that I need to earn this. I need to earn this happiness. I can't just claim it right now and feel bad about that. And that's the kind of mentality that we need to let go of. So that being said, the actual physics of money, right? The actual way that we play out the money game is important. Um, so a lot of times it has to do with what do I deserve, right? Especially if you've got your own business. The major question is what do I deserve? What it would be a fair rate for me to bill? And if you're an entrepreneur like me, uh, you're running your own business, you determine your own rates, and that question comes up constantly. And if you're working for a salary, that question comes up at least twice a year, right? How much am I worth? How much is that raise going to be? Should I negotiate? Should I find a new job? Um, is this keeping up with inflation? What do I deserve? And the thing about money is that it makes a lot of us really uncomfortable. And it even makes me, it makes me uncomfortable, right? Um, one of the things that I was doing earlier this year was practicing asking for money because that's not something that I've ever had to do. For me, I earned my money through the stock market. I was a very aggressive investor back in college and I managed to accumulate a lot of principal. So I found a way to get money without having to interact with other people directly, right? I just click buttons and then things happen. But for the first time in my life, I was in this situation where I have to ask people to give me money in exchange for my time. And so how much is my time worth? <laughs> and at first I started off at $60 an hour, which seemed pretty reasonable. It was like close to my corporate rate, right? Just like it bumped up a little bit more. And over time, that number has dramatically increased. It's more than double that now. But there's that question. Okay, I need to ask this person for $1,000 a month now, right? I need to ask this person for $600, $700 a month now. Oh my God, how stressed out am I in that moment? And I think for most of us, we're freaked the hell out. Asking for money is so uncomfortable. It's so painful. And we have to begin to look at what beliefs do I have in the way, right? What beliefs do I have in the way? And for a lot of people, the belief is that having a lot of money makes you a bad person. Being money motivated makes you a bad person. Asking for money makes you a greedy motherfucker. 
And those beliefs, those beliefs keep us tied to jobs that don't work for us, that pay us too little. Those beliefs keep us from asking for the amount of salary that we're due. Those beliefs prevent us from charging the rates that we are due, right? So over time, that begins to show up everywhere, right? Anytime that we're required to ask for resources back for the resources that we're putting out, that begins to show up. And that will stifle your growth more than anything else. That belief. Now, is there stuff that you can do? Is there technical stuff that you can do? Yes, of course. There is always technical stuff that you can do. Obviously, if you have money in your savings, take it out of your savings, invest it into something. Your savings doesn't even account for the amount of interest, uh, or the depreciation that the American dollar faces every single year, right? Three to four percent. If it's in an index fund, you at least serve, you stand to gain about 10% a year on average. So at least you can float your money and begin to gain a, lo- a little bit over time, right? Cumulatively over time. Over the course of like 10 years, you'd be able to double up your money. Pretty good. Now, oh, more than double up your money. So math, compound interest math in my head, not my strong point, but you get the idea, right? You obviously there's also the level of I'm going to spend less than I earn, right? I'm going to take care of my financial sheet. I'm going to look and see what's the intake and what's the output. And I'm going to make sure that those numbers make sense to me, right? I'm going to pay off all of my outstanding credit card debt. I'm going to make sure that all of those things are taken care of first so I can begin to save and build up my wealth and accumulate those things. But in the meantime, Everyone knows those things. Nearly everyone knows those things, right? Never put yourself in debt. And at the same time, oftentimes we know those things and we make decisions that fly in the face of those things. Why? Because of our emotional patterning, right? Because of the beliefs that we have in place. And a lot of times that belief might be something along the lines of, I don't deserve this money. Uh, That happens a lot with lotto winners, right? And if you were to stumble into $10 million, you might run through something very, very similar. I haven't earned this money. I don't deserve it. And you might spend it frivolously, just lose it, gamble it. Uh, The whole easy come, easy go thing uh, is definitely a proven phenomenon. If you look at the lottery winners, uh, like the last 100 lottery winners, probably less than 10% of them actually managed to hang on to the millions that they won from the lottery. Why? Because there's a poverty mindset, right? Because these people don't necessarily have the kind of financial literacy to make this work. But even then, right, even if you were to just keep the money underneath your mattress, right? And you earn $2 million. If you keep the money underneath your mattress, you spend $20,000 a year to bolster your income, that would presumably be enough to last you a good chunk of time, right? Possibly the rest of your life, assuming it doesn't get stolen or whatever, right? Just put it into the bank. So why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for people to hang on to money? And if you begin to look inward and ask yourself the same question, then you begin to arrive at the insights as to what is holding you back specifically from creating wealth. Why is this so difficult for me? For some people, it's impulse control, right? For me, for a long time when I was working corporate, I would go online and I would blow all of my money, all the money that I earned at that job, 
on Amazon. I would spend all of it, every spare cent. If it didn't go to rent or utilities, it would go into Amazon. And the reason for that was because I was not good at processing my emotions. The emotions were there. I was feeling sad. I was feeling depressed, anxious, unsettled, and deeply unhappy. And so I started to buy things in order to feel better. I bought things that I didn't have time to use. I spent so much money on sugar, on candy, because when I was eating candy, that kind of numbed the pain out a little bit, right? And we know from neuroscience that sugar causes our brains to dump dopamine, which is an addictive thing. So over time, I gained a dependence on sugar as a means of regulating myself. I gained a dependence on shopping as a means of regulating myself. And if your body is in fight or flight and you're not taking care of it, odds are you will go down the same path. As many resources are allocated to you, you're going to begin to spend them, right, in order to feel better. It might not be all the time, but there'll be a time when you hit a bump in the road, right, or you're under lockdown, and a lot of us have been doing this, right? including me, then we start to impulse buy because we want to feel better. And we're going to impulse buy the amount that feels comfortable for us, right? So a lot of us are comfortable spending like one to 2% of our income at a time, right? That's, that's like, that's an impulse buy. Some of us might be comfortable spending 10% of our income at a time, right? But we only need a few of those purchases, four or five in a month in order to just remove all the excess money that we have just half of it is gone, right? And then a third of it is gone to taxes and then the rest presumably will go to rent and now you're left with nothing, no savings. So you can begin to easily see how these patterns and these emotions can begin to rob you of your wealth, right? The basics are the basics. They're very easy, very straightforward to follow. You don't have to be a mathematician, a statistician. You don't have to be super financially literate in order to start building wealth. But what you do have to do, especially if you don't have a head start, if you didn't inherit like wealth from another person, right? From your parents, from your grandma, then what's left to do is to create the breakthroughs that you need to hang on to money, right? Whatever is causing money to leave your life like you're a a leaky sieve, that's what needs to be addressed. So I'm going to do a quick recap here. Some common beliefs that people hold on to are asking for money makes me a greedy motherfucker. Being wealthy, having money makes me a bad person. I don't deserve this money. I need to work harder to earn it. Money is access to happiness, freedom, the parts of my life that I want, but don't currently have. And then, of course, the thing that we just discussed, money as a solution to our problems, right? If I just spend money on things online, I will feel better, right? I'm going to be able to feel better. If I just spend money so that I can go and do those classes, that Groupon, have those adrenaline pumping activities, if I just have enough money for a new car, if I just have enough money for a house or a different apartment, then I can be happy. Now, the best way to begin earning a lot of money as an entrepreneur is to begin to set up a business that's centered around the thing that is the most fulfilling for you, right? And for me, my business is around teaching people deep connection. It's around teaching them to be okay with discomfort, right? To excel and to find it to be like a sexy, exciting time because there's an opportunity there. 
My business is around making sure that your relationship is loving, that it works, finding you the one. My business is all about connection and people, authenticity, vulnerability. And when I lean into those things, when I live that lifestyle, my business flourishes, right? And money comes in naturally. And that works out really well for me because those are the most meaningful things to me. Not money, but the experience of being able to create deep connection with folks and pass that skill on to other people. The experience of being able to teach people how to make money work, to improve their relationship with wealth and themselves. That's self-love, right? The more I can love myself, the more I can, de- I can deliver that love to other people, the more they're going to be willing to pay me for what I do, right? So understand that the formula here is really beginning to know what is the most meaningful kind of experience for you. And then beginning to build an empire around that, building a business around that, and then living that lifestyle. And the more deeply you live in that lifestyle, the more business your business does. Pretty straightforward, right? And on paper, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It didn't make any sense to me when I started doing it. But now that my business works, (laughs) now that I'm on pace to replace my normal income with business income, right? So or rather rather than normal income, what I mean is like investment income. I've begun to see that my earning potential is a reflection of how conscious, how self-aware I am. How deep into vulnerability am I willing to get? Because when I'm vulnerable, people engage with me. When I'm vulnerable, people come on board as clients, right? Because they can begin to see that I've overcome some dark stuff. They begin to see that I'm a capable person. But if I just keep that stuff to myself because I think, ah, maybe that's embarrassing. Maybe they don't want to know that I was a virgin until like 21, right? Maybe they don't want to know that I'd never been kissed in high school and that I had a crush or just like kind of mooned over a girl for six years and never actually talked to her. But if I never bring up those things, then people never get a chance to see the contrast. They can't see hope in that situation for themselves. So earlier in another podcast, we talked about your mess being your message. And this is very much the same thing. In embracing fully who you are, you're able to make your business work. No one signs up for a business just for what it does, right? If there are 10 other coaching businesses out there, who are you most likely to work with? Well, the one that you get the best vibe from, right? Who do you feel strong emotions around? Who are you the most connected to? And that's how it works, right? In a crowded marketplace, the way to stand out is to begin to embrace the only way that you can stand out. It's you, right? You are your brand. So like so much of the rest of the stuff that we talk about here, creating a relationship with wealth, creating a relationship with money looks very, very similar to beginning to create any other normal relationship. We look, where is our unconscious mind? Where are our emotions holding us back from the success that we want to have? Then we begin to address that. Now, one of the best ways that you can do that is to begin to meditate. Right, And when you begin to meditate, 
your neurons begin to fire in synchrony. In fact, if you get really deep into meditation, that's one of the few ways for your unconscious mind and conscious mind to begin to communicate. They can synchronize, right? They can pass information back and forth, which means that the emotional decisions that you've been making can finally come to a close. And the more you meditate, uh, they found that the more emotional control you have. Big surprise, right? Because if my unconscious mind and my conscious mind are on board, they're headed in the same direction, of course I'm going to have better emotional control. Of course I'm going to find more success. Now, conservatively, your unconscious mind is 90% of your cognition. Your conscious mind, the part of you that you associate with you, is 10%. Meaning that 90% of you is pushing against you when it comes time to earning more money, asking for more income, standing up for what you're worth. So it's no surprise then that people really struggle with this. A lot of times it seems like it's so simple. Just push through the fear, right? Just do the thing, ignore your emotions, it'll happen. But time and time again, what we see is that emotions triumph. Emotions are strong. They're there to protect us. When I was learning how to backflip, uh, I was doing really, really well, right? Uh, I was making great progress. I was beginning to start doing inversions, which is where like my legs go over my head. I'm doing an actual flip. But I messed up once. I slipped. I landed on my side. I didn't actually get injured. But you know what happened? What happened was my brain began to adjust and compensate for that. Um, so from that point forward, for the next couple of days, anytime that I tried to backflip or do the makako, which is the a precursor to backflipping, my body would instinctively and fearfully protect itself. I would start the movement, and then I would just collapse onto my side, right? And doing that was hurting me more than actually attempting just to do the makako. Um, so you got to get that these emotions, these instincts, they don't make any sense, but they are very, very powerful, and they're powerful enough to physically stop you from taking an action. So... Meditation on a regular basis will be a really good place to start. If you're looking to begin to grind up a skill that will make a huge difference in your life in the longer term, I recommend that. The other thing that you want to begin to do is take baby steps towards your goal. You don't want to try to bite the bullet all at once because that's just going to bring up even more fear. It's easy to get stuck that way. But what works a little bit better Bite off a little bit more than you think you can chew. Every single time. And over time, you'll eventually arrive at the mindset. You'll eventually arrive at the mentality of someone who's good with money. Who's good at business. Who's good at sales. And at that point, you're good to go. All right. So that's all the time that we have for today. We, uh, we gave you an extra long episode today. And if you got something out of it, uh, please subscribe, consider rating us. Any interaction that you have with this particular podcast helps us grow and reach more people. And as always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time.